0: I will shoot off my mouth. How many batteries to power? Now everything old is new again America's entertainment pop culture talk show may well possess a rudimentary intelligence I'm trying to think but nothing happens Another great disturbance in the force hello,
1: I'm Mr. Ray come on, mark like a dog for me
2: where's the goodies?
1: leave the gun, take the cannoli
2: I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if mom and dad were here you
0: filthy criminal! excuse me while I whip this out go ahead, make my day Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen.
3: Oh, we got a special today. The apple's five pounds, 25 cents. All right, I'll have five pounds of apples, 25
1: cents.
2: Five pounds apple, come right up. Okay. There you are, five pounds, 27 cents.
0: 27
2: cents? Oh, sure. You just said five pounds for a quarter. Oh, sure, that's right. But you see, this way a little more, it's 27 cents. But I don't want any more.
3: I just want five pounds for a quart. So I don't want any ounces more. Five pounds
2: for a quart. All right. All right. Don't get
4: mad. I get it. <laughs> Welcome back here to Everything Old is New Again. Of course, he uh, <laughs> just uh, took a bite out of it, and that was that. David Cohen, how are you? The connoisseur of all things food. Oh, yeah. I was waiting for the intro. Connoisseur that?
5: of all things food. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I am happy to be here.
4: This is happy to have you. This is going to be I'm a sort of
5: of being happy to be here.
4: We're in a midst of shows, like we're doing blocks of shows, of themes. We did the, uh, with Dan Newberg, you remember we did that? Sure. The March Madness of Board Games, which was recent, which is really the February Foolishness, if you will. That's what we called it. It's a good name. You like February Foolishness? I liked it. All right, so we're going to do that again with comedians and stuff like that. We have lots of that coming up. But right now we're in the midst, you know, we've heard the last two shows, some stories, and and we also progressed a little bit with respect to looking at food and the developing and changing taste buds, if you will, of our society or of America from like at least from the 1930s. We kind of went to the 70s. And I don't know, I think it's kind of interesting to see. Let's just make up a—I don't know—a sandwich. What a sandwich was like in the 1930s, when it was kind of a new concept, if you will, or cooking on a in a stove, uh, a, a beef stew, and then those same things. What they're like now? These plethora of shows we have out there—it's unbelievable. You cannot turn the television on and switch to two or three channels without one of those channels having someone cook for you. Correct? It's a plethora. <laughs> It really is. It is. And so let's not ignore it. We've got to get in and see. We're not going to dive into it, but we're going to take a look into it. Oh, we're the, not diving We're today. not diving Usually
5: today. we Usually we dive.
4: Okay. <laughs> we what dive- are we doing? Tiptoeing?
5: We're going to
4: peel the onion. Let's do that. Ah, we're going to peel. Going to peel the onion and take got a it. look at all of this. And I think this section, I'm going to do something that sounds like you're going to be in like a history class. But it's very interesting. I'm gonna look at, for example, the kitchen as it developed in the nineteen forties and fifties. And the only reason why I say this is because that was when electricity started to get really get into everyone's home. And they finally had all these electronic appliances, and they were finally had a home where you could, you know, cook from home and the development of frozen food. And how do they deal with it? If you we will do this time travel, listen to these. Clips they were played on uh, on the radio and or before a movie to show you and teach you how to eat or how to use an oven and I mean it's incredible it's, it's right
5: I guess no one really knew they had all this electric stuff and all the appliances but no one really knew what to do with them
4: yeah and what recipes and what are you cooking like because it was a before then we could kind of look at it that would really be beyond my scope but but
5: people hunted right and you brought the antelope back and you you cooked it over an open fire now things were completely different right
4: exactly someone was bringing the food to you of course for a price but someone was bringing the food to you you did not have to worry about like the big thing was getting the fish right we got to go out and yeah. fish for the fish and hopefully we bring some home and then just throw it on a, a grill or whatever they did and cooked it for the fish steak. Now, it's no problem getting the fish if you have the money, right? Now, it's what are we doing with it? And look where we are now. It's just crazy. So the development of a piece of flounder, let's just say in the 1930s, to what Gordon Ramsay does it with it now is what we're exploring. Does that make sense.
5: It does. Well, let's not flounder any further and get
4: right into there it. Here we go. Kitchen planning in 1941. They had a plan now. These are new appliances. Where do you put them? What do you do with them? What's it all about? Let's just listen. We'll get a kick out of it. We could kind of make fun of these people. But this was their life. This is their reality.
1: Right there, you have the three main features of every kitchen. The refrigerator, the heart of the storage center, the sink, the heart of the cleaning and preparation center, and the range the heart of the cooking-serving center. The arrangement of these three centers in any kitchen, large or small, is the basis of kitchen planning. Where they are placed, together with the adjoining cabinets and work surfaces, determines whether or not you have an efficient, time-saving, work-saving kitchen.
4: So, like, all kitchens kind of now we have this setup, right? And it doesn't make it. Yeah. You don't really,
5: you don't think about it. Right. You just do it. You just buy a house or you rent an apartment or something and you, the kitchen's there.
4: And it's got the cabinets in the right spots. Let's say it's got a place to cut the meat or whatever you're cutting the vegetables, right? It's got the sink, it's got the refrigerator, the stove, but they had but none people of People had
5: to really figure out how to, I guess when you're building a house right back then you got to figure out how to, how to create the kitchen.
4: Yeah, and what goes where and all that. I mean, I don't know. Let me think about this. If someone was around in the 40s when this happened, they would be uh, probably in their 90s now, I'm going to say, because they'd be like 10 in the 40s to at least get a, is that right, to get a feel? So yeah, I could ask, my, right. I should ask my parents about this because they're in uh-huh. the early 90s. And right. I'm curious to see if it was, because there's a, a lot, go to YouTube you get a, if you're kidding. There's a lot on like the stove, and it's a brand new device, and we have push button buttons and this and that and and it, it it was an investment, and they were talking to the you know the person that was going to be buying it and showing all the features, and the think they went on and on and on about features and the drawer underneath you know that drawer underneath, you know I'm talking about, and the right. broiling the and how to broil and and the storage and the t- little timer little clocks and you grow up there's there's a stove right there. You know, don't think twice about it. You could care less right. about it, right? But back in the day, was there a day when my mom was 10 and her dad purchased the stove and it was a huge purchase? And it, I'm sure. You know? Yeah,
5: I'm sure. Because it was all, I mean, maybe they're even too young to remember. Yeah. Who knows? But I remember hearing about the ice box, right? Which predated the refrigerator, which is like a block of ice. And that's that's where you stored your food. and And a lot of cooking was done with coal burning or wood burning. And, and now you, you move to gas and electric and yeah, it's it was a big change. It was a so big So maybe deal. it wasn't efficiently planned out because, you know, if you've got a fire, you have to keep it in on one end of the house and you've got a ice and an ice box, you have to keep that away from the fire. So now... Now everything could be in one place. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just assuming. It's
4: uh, very true. You look at the mooners. He had a in the 50s, but that's why it was funny. If you really think about it, the, the honeymoon is. Yeah, did. he had an ice box. Nobody else had ice boxes in 1953 when that was on the air. But that's why that was. you, you kind of take it for granted. or don't, don't even get the joke. But that's that's a, was a very funny joke for them. Just the fact that he had an ice box. Right. Uh, all right. Let's look at electricity. What they talk about electrifying the kitchen. I don't know. I forget what this says.
1: It's amazing the change that electricity has brought to the lives of farm wives. Quickly, easily, with no more ashes, dirt, or dust, the electric range turns out finest food in quantity. Mmm, smell that bread. The staff of life, energy, cooked by electrical energy.
4: There you go. So, like, think about what, you kind of intimidated or intimated this. They were cooking over the fire and a flame. So just to get I mean, they're talking about the all the way up to like nineteen ten even. We're talking about stoves that had to be lit with coal and fire and all that to bring it up to a certain temperature. And certainly they couldn't control the temperature. They weren't saying, Okay, this is at three fifty now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I don't think so, right? I yeah. I guess you can't really control it. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think so. So well, they had some semblance of it. Just put one log on instead of three or something like that, right? But right, uh, right. it wasn't controlled that well.
5: How so- quickly you, you can burn your house down. Right. I think that's how they measured it.
4: <laughs> well, lots of stone in the kitchen back then, you know, up till the 1900s. Been, right? Stone right. everywhere. Go go to the old Bethpage Restoration Village or any village by your house. If you have the privilege of a place like that, where I mean, there's a house built before 1900, totally different kitchen. All stone, so the house would not burn down. And so now we've got the electricity in the kitchen, and they're kind of talking about it. Like, by the way, you can bake bread at home, no problem, and easy. It was know, like blowing people's minds. Right? It was. I think what? that's crazy. I think isn't that unreal? It's just we take so much. And I sound like an old fart when I say this, but it's it's just so true. We, I, you, well, you are an old fart. Exactly. But you you don't hear this stuff much and really appreciate, like dive into it. Thi- there you go. Really look at. Oh, now we're diving. We're diving. Re- okay. look, look at what was going on. Like, it's crazy. Everybody talk about, oh, the first TV, right? What about the people that got their first refrigerator? I don't have to have a guy come up with ice. I don't have to deal with ice melting. You know, how did they? They didn't have Ziploc bags. What did they do to make sure their food didn't get wet in that ice box? And and who knows
5: how efficient the block of ice was in <laughs> cooling the whole refrigerator? It's how I to mean, get a
4: block of ice every two days? It had to be two or three days, right? Pain. those big, I always imagine, you know, those big ice
5: clips that the, the the things like with the two tines yeah, yeah. that come together around the huge block of ice, yeah. You know, and you had to lift it with that thing,
4: yeah. Unreal. That's anyway, crazy. we'll be back to continue more phil- thrills, fun, and adventure with uh, history <laughs> here on Everything Olds. Do again.
0: You're listening to Everything Old Is New Again, America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Now,
2: where, where do I get the frozen foods? Go to the shelf between G and I. What? Go to the shelf between G and I. That's a silly. Why did you just tell
0: me to go to A? Remember, you said it, I didn't. <laughs>
4: We're back. Everything old is new I missed again. the joke. I'll what, get to, what was the? I'll, I'll tell you in two seconds. Absolutely. First, you have to tell everybody that you're listening. Everything old is new again. That's the first thing. Then, that was Jack Benny back in the day. We're playing Jack Benny clips at the beginning of every section here because he's in a grocery store shopping. He's having trouble. It was back yeah. in the 50s. You know, it was a, it was a curious thing to do, I guess. And here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> that was. Jack Benny having trouble asking for advice here and there as we're seeing and there so the fellow he was a- asking where to get frozen food in, was in the H aisle and it's really, so it's like go to hell and they couldn't say the word hell so the you know he was telling them to go to hell okay so play it again now, yeah, now so that now, I know that yeah. play, can you play it again? I definitely can here we go you ready? Mm-hmm. Go to
2: the shelf between G and I what? Go to the shelf between G and I that's a silly. Why did you just
0: tell me to go to A? Remember, you said it. I didn't.
5: <laughs> <So> that, <laughs> the censorship back then. I'm not used to it. Exactly. Right? Now they would just say hell. Exactly. It, just and it wouldn't, wouldn't be funny. Now, it wouldn't be right? funny.
4: <laughs> and so, and so, and I know that we don't, we don't. I'm never into censorship, but we've talked about this in the past. Sometimes those limitations lead to funnier things than you think.
5: Yeah, exactly. And look at Seinfeld, right? All the stuff they got away with, because they didn't say the word. They they talked around it just like we heard. Exactly.
4: Exactly. So the the point is, uh, even looking at, at just that clip shows you a huge difference in cultures. And it's that was only only. I mean, it's it's a while, 70 years ago, within lifetimes. Well you couldn't even say the word hell. Now back to it, we're looking at the development of the kitchen cooking we'll get there we're going to do a number of shows and eventually we're going to get to the point of who's maybe the best chef who's the best tv show for cooking how about we may even take a look at best recipes different recipes juxtaposed recipes for a hamburger let's say back in the 50s versus the 70s versus you know now and 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 stuff like that but what we're talking about now is we're kind of developing and we're examining the infancy of the kitchen in America to try to start this conversation going. We have to have a foundation, right? As to what, what are you talking about? Where are we coming from? We heard something about electricity and planning the kitchen. How about something about how to buy? Listen to Cause grocery stores didn't exist. These mass huge grocery stores did not exist till like the forties. You would go to the local butcher then you go to the cheese shop. Then you go, right? You didn't have all. Oh, wow. Think about it. You didn't have. The general store didn't have all this stuff.
5: It was all like specialty
4: stuff. Yeah. Specialty
5: stores you had to go to.
4: Absolutely. Now it's all in one. It is brand new. They, so now we're getting a little uh, advice, if you will, in the 50s as to how to go to the grocery store and buy food. The, at the
2: supermarket.
5: supermarket. Yeah. yeah it was a new Here
2: thing. Here are okay. two different size cans of the same product. The small can contains 16 ounces and costs 12 cents or seventy-five hundredths of a cent per ounce. The large can contains thirty-one ounces and costs only twenty-two cents, which is seventy-one hundredths of a cent per ounce. The thing to remember is to read the label. Know what you are buying before you buy. It will pay you to analyze the situation and decide which is most economical for you. Usually, if it's the season when the fruit or vegetable is ripe, it will be most economical to buy it fresh. This box of strawberries will cost about half as much in summer, when berries are plentiful. The season of the year has a tremendous influence on the price of most fruits and vegetables. It doesn't take much skill to make an excellent meal from an expensive T-bone steak. But the sign of an accomplished cook is an attractive and tasty dish made from less expensive meat, hamburger, frankfurters. Even a well-prepared, well-seasoned stew is a dish a housewife can be proud to set before her family.
4: So now that's 1951. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's great. It's an implication, though, too. I mean, if you think about it, Costco, my mother goes all the time, buys the, you know, the ketchup. The bulk, that, that's what he was
5: saying. Buy bulk. Well, that was the first message, right? Bigger is better because the bigger can is going to be you know less per ounce or whatever measurement he was using exactly and then and then you know in season things are gonna be less expensive people didn't the reason i guess it wasn't a thing that right before the supermarket
4: the fact that this is out there as a educational tool that was shown on television radio before movies and stuff um has got to tell you And they weren't. We're not saying these people were unintelligent that lived then. This is just a brand. This is like us learning the internet back in the day, right? This is.
5: So I'd be curious to know, like, who sponsored these ads, right? Because it it wasn't the meat industry; they wouldn't have been into that. Like, no, 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 buy the, you know, buy the expensive stuff.
4: (laughs) It had to be. So
5: this must have been like a like a public service announcement, right?
4: You was sponsored by, uh, and I'll look it up in more detail, but it was sponsored by an organization that stood behind, I'm calling them grocery stores because I don't think there were supermarkets yet. So they were all, it was a brand new industry. So mm. we we're trying to introduce people to going to one store to buy all of your food needs. Instead of going to the butcher, then you got to go, you're getting a milk, remember you had milk delivered, right? your milk and cheese were delivered. Right. Right? You had the, you had, you, you, whatever, think of a food product. So, in a way, it
5: so it was sort of like um, what they were trying to accomplish was get people into the grocery store by, quote unquote, educating them on how to, you know, how things work. Right. Right. And that, that would pull you into the grocery store, I guess.
4: I mean, think yeah. about it. Again, these, are, I'm, I'm, let's not be condescending. These are not stupid people, but no. they didn't know this stuff. So they were like, um, wait a minute. You, you got to read the labels. Like, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous to us. They didn't have cans with labels on them. They made their own. They pickled their own stuff in the late uh, 18 and early 1900s, right? They didn't have a label or, or a jar of, I'll say pickles, but they had other stuff. But pickles, for example, and a label is how many pickles are in there or what the ounces are and all this stuff.
5: Yeah, and and you know, I guess you always had your choice of meats, right? You could cook stuff with cheaper meat, but I don't know. Maybe butchers didn't have all that stuff available, and now. In a supermarket grocery store. Now you had the option of buying chuck and sirloin and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So it was actually pretty clever, you know, marketing by the grocery stores to to, to make it more educational instead of what you see today. Right. Which is, you know, in your face uh, ads about you know what's on sale and what's not on sale.
4: Right. And this was much longer. Of course, I'd taken clips, right? This is much longer than that. They gave you a whole education in all the departments. Yeah, right, right. You know, that was right. just a clip. Um all right now this mm. one is labeled and I'm forgetting what this is about a picnic. This is from 1935, so it is Whoa. dated. Um beware, but let's see what are we Are going here. to hear the same type of voice? <laughs> I don't know, let's see.
2: Or does your husband grouse because the picnic food oh, you give are. him isn't as appetizing as the meals prepared in your kitchen? If he does, perhaps it's your own fault. This little lady's picnic dishes are guaranteed to make the most hardened gourmet's mouth water. Sausage rolls are easy. When you've made the pastry, put the meat in. It's a good idea to paint the edges with beaten up egg. It helps the pastry to stick together. To get that nice professional-looking brown crust, paint the outside of the rolls with the same egg mixture you used before. No wonder our cook looks pleased. She's made a really appetizing picnic lunch, and so can you if you try.
4: All right, so there's a little out of sequence there, but it was a 1935 intro into how to have a nice picnic. And, of course, let's face it, it's silly, but it was all on the woman. The man just drives the car to the picnic. The woman's got to have all the food, and it better be tasty, otherwise dad's going to be upset. You haven't whatever.
5: fulfilled your, obliga- your, your your requirements to be a woman, exactly. actually. But I love the, you know, we've talked about this before, but, like, in the 30s and 40s and, I guess, into the 50s, you know why did people speak with that affectation? I mean, it almost sounded British. It, like people didn't talk like that. But when you, when you were watching movies and I guess radio shows, you know, people spoke with that certain uh, uh, affectation that made them
4: sound even more important. They did, and they, they felt well because they felt. I guess what we're thinking about here is let's um, that's, that's thirty five. That was on film. There was no TV, so that was on right. going to be shown in the movie theater. But it's and, so
5: weird. Like, why, why couldn't they just talk like, like people talked, right? Why, why did they have to put on this air of, I don't know. It, it was just, it's fascinating to me anyway. You'll,
4: you'll hear more of it now, and I will close with this and come back in a minute. But listen to this. 1951, we're jumping to what are the good, you know, what are good eating habits?
1: Orange Ooh. juice. One big gulp
2: of it. No time to waste. Gobble down the cereal. A couple of big spoonfuls, one right after the other. Now for the eggs. But what about Bill's eating habits? Into his mouth went some egg. Right away, a big bite of toast. And there was some bacon. So he stuffed in part of that. But he ate so fast. Well, Bill, now you know what might have caused your stomach ache. That's right. Drink your juice a little at a time. Doesn't it taste good? you just never took time before to find how good food can taste before you take a drink chew your food well and swallow it chew and chew doesn't it taste extra good that way eat slowly and chew thoroughly see what good eating habits can do for you
4: there you go david we hear david eating on the show every so often so i played that for for more than just uh the show off the air but um it's uh I, kind of sending should, it away. You, listen, I, th- th-
5: that's relevant today. I, I should play that, that that today everywhere.
4: It is. I mean, there are people now, and I'm, I'm not putting it down. Listen, everybody has different lifestyles. But holy smokes, there's there's the family that has you know dinner and all the kids and everybody's eating dinner at different times and just like stuffing it down real quick. Eat real quick. We got to get to soccer or whatever. Right? It happens, and so no one's just kind of chilling and relaxing and eating you know, for the sake of eating and enjoying the right. company of people, right? I mean, that seems to be a lost art in some ways, which is, or at least at some meals, right? I mean, certainly breakfast. I don't know anyone sitting down. I think people just cycles. eat
5: like that normally, even when they do have time. They're just stuffing stuff in their man. It's like the Homer Simpson thing. You
4: know? It's so true. So, it's so true.
5: And uh, I, I mean, I'm guilty of that sometimes. I just, I keep like, slow down, just, you know? Like chill what's that what was that commercial that you and i grew up with about there was some broadway show where the one of the lines from the show is take human bites
4: right exactly what was that i'm was gonna not, find that, that i don't remember but moomin Chance was I, another one I I, can, moomin- <laughs> that's the commercial that comes to mind but there was another it definitely was another one. take you but bite. i still
5: think of that line take human bites it, it
4: helps it's very true all right we'll be back Everything Old is New Again, talking about the development of food right here, right now, on your favorite station. Everything Old is New Again.
0: Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. I'll tell you what, give me a pound of Frankfurters.
2: Yes, sir. One
0: pound of Frankfurters coming up.
2: Here we are. Now these are very nice, uh, one pound, two ounces. Look, wait a minute, hold it. I don't want a pound and two ounces. I just want one, po- why can't I get what I want? I want one pound of frankfurters, that's all. I don't want a pound and two ounces. Okay.
4: One <laughs> <laughs> pound of frankfurters. He just it to a hot dog. Nobody bites,
2: nobody cuts. <laughs>
4: The gentleman was biting. You didn't hear it, or you did hear it? David Cohen. I heard. didn't. It got cut off at the end. you oh, hearing everything old is new again. That was uh, the, the solution to too many hot dogs, too much poundage, if you will, on the hot dogs for Jack Benny there. Who was took a, the bite out of the hot uh, dog the, to get it the down? The grocer did. The gross <laughs> <He> bites into <laughs> it. Okay, now yeah, it's about yeah. Of course,
0: That's Jack funny.
4: Jack Benny was classically, you know, his routine was how he was so cheap, right? Cheap. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're here and everything else doing again, talking food and the development of uh, home cooking, and we'll get there. We'll we will talk about the modern stuff for sure. We're just trying to get a appreciation now we were going to come from. like that. We're now in the 50s, and we're talking about shopping in the grocery stores, which is kind of a new thing. And uh, there's Jack Benny, uh, you know, arguing over uh, the, the weight of the hot dog and so forth. It's just so different than what we're used to that people needed to get an education. See, that,
5: that I didn't... I mean, that I had a problem with because, you know, even today, yes, for a pound of something, it's not going to be exactly a pound, and who cares, right? But the earlier one where it was was something like four apples for 25 cents. That was four. It wasn't based on weight. And suddenly the grocer changed it to, oh, now it's based on weight. So it's 27 cents. That wasn't the deal. That's not four apples for 25 cents. So I actually agreed with Jack Benny there.
4: <laughs> well, that's what that's. we're going to have a
5: whole show, right? Exactly. On uh, an analyzing Jack Benny humor. <laughs> that's going to be great. Right,
4: when you grew up, did you think Jack Benny was funny? We would, when he, yes. was, when he was in his, 70s, I'm going to say we were probably in our teens. And I'd see him on uh, TV, no, and I, I never didn't. thought he was that funny as a kid because I didn't get it. I didn't have the history of him. Well, you, you know,
5: you're not a funny guy, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, it's a kind of humor that either you like it or you don't.
4: But you have to have the groundwork. I didn't know the cheap part of it. I didn't, you know what I'm Like, I'd see him on Uh-oh. like the Bob Hope special for five minutes. But if you look at and listen to and I've done this since, his radio show, and he had a television show, obviously, as well. The guy was hysterical. The stuff that he did, he was... Now I have an amazing appreciation for this guy. He was, And just within those limits we're talking about, right, of a lot of, you know, you can't say certain words and certain topics. So basically all clean as can be. And he's just... All he's doing in our show, we're hearing his clips, is shopping in a grocery store. And he's having all these troubles, and it's pretty funny. It's, this is not a, the first time. Uh, well, it's probably may have been one of the first times people's talk. People are talking about this weight issue and all that. We've heard Bob and Rain, and, and thereafter, everyone you know kind of. In comedy routines it's sitcoms kind of hits this topic but this is one of the first times talking about the weights and the you know the how much does this cost and so what if about just buy three not four uh of the special and whatever but uh anyway i i just i think he's he's fascinating uh that guy well
5: the whole you know his whole humor was based on that one famous line right where he's there's a stick up and he goes the guy says your money your life and jack benny is like
4: well it he doesn't hesitate. And, and
5: then the then the robber says, Well and he goes, I'm thinking. <laughs> exactly.
4: <laughs> but but if you didn't know he was cheap and didn't see that through the history of this guy, you know, in in the radio and show and all that, you wouldn't get that joke. So yeah, I think you would. Yeah. I don't know oh, that you okay. I was thirteen, I, I heard that joke. A... I didn't get that. Okay. Because I didn't know that were supposed to be cheap. But you, you I don't know? think
5: you had to know that. I think it's implied in, the, in, in how he's responding. Yeah. I'm, you're your you're money, money or your life. And he, was, he had to think about it. Maybe
4: I wasn't that sharp back then.
5: Yeah, I don't think you, you weren't the sharpest <laughs> tool in the shed, as I said.
4: I've gotten more sharp. No, I'm kidding.
5: I'm, I'm sort of kidding. All right, moving <laughs> on. All
4: right, let's t- think about how to make it. Now, this is a special sandwich. It's an open face. Let's, the 1950s, brand new. You're inviting friends. I cut a lot of this clip out, so I'm to introduce that You invite your friends back from a movie in the 1950s for a snack.
3: When Sally Gasco and her mother bring guests home for a late snack after a movie, they have something special in the way of a sandwich in mind. Sally calls it tuna rare This is a sandwich for forks an open face creation. In other words, with a cheese, milk and tuna fish mixture on top. The basis will be rye bread. Mother's idea. She found that the spicy caraway flavor made a good contrast to the bland fish and cheese. Sally adds potato chips to the menu. They used to be exclusively picnic fare, but they've joined the host of useful accessory foods which make entertaining so much easier and more fun for teenagers. Mother thinks she'll give the guests a choice of Coke or milk. When you can offer guests a choice easily, it's a gracious gesture. Now it's time to serve. Two slices of toast are neatly arranged on each plate, and the filling, or perhaps we should say covering, goes on top. A wise young homemaker using good techniques and equipment and a little imagination can turn a sandwich into
4: festive fare. There you go. So he <laughs> teach you an open-faced sandwich. I, I think we missed it. He toasted or they toasted the bread, and that was what the, the whole point of I this think was. so, so they yeah. cut that out, but that was like using the, the this whole appliance.
5: Gasco family. Sally Gasco and her mom.
4: Well, did they come up with that name. Waiter,
5: First of all, why did we need her last name? And and where did that last name come from?
4: I should have googled it if they ever became a chefs or anything like that in the future. Sally Gasco,
5: <laughs> the famous Sally husband. Gasco. <laughs> but, play it again. I just want to hear Sally Gasco. You do play one more time. Uh, can you? Of course, you? of course I can. You ready? When Sally Gasco and her mother bring guests home for a late <laughs> snack, Sally out. Gasco and her mother.
4: Well, I don't get the name of this thing. Did you hear Gasco? What, what, with, what is this? Gasco? Why not Sally Smith? I'm like, well, what do you what? Do you,
5: uh, maybe she's a real person is that possible of
4: course she's a real person yes oh you didn't get that yeah they're real yeah, but they're not real real people right aren't they actors no, we're gonna have to look that up
5: i never even thought of that let's i'm googling okay, it keep now. going I'm, sally I'm gasco
4: 1951 oh, let's take a look when there. sally gasco no. and her but mother bring what's the name home of the sandwich though Get this. they have
3: something special
5: in the
4: way of the sandwich,
5: sandwich mind sally called? calls it tuna rarebit
4: what is tuna rare bit? Do you get that? I know you're looking up Google, but look that up. anyway. Yeah,
5: it, it comes up with all these like YouTube. Let's make a sandwich. 1950. Yeah. Sally Gasco.
4: Is, that's which, so strange. Does her name come up with any answer as to who she is? Well, is it, that's, it who, that's
5: not really. No, no, no. Well, but I'm just trying to say now. Can we she, get her on the show? How old do you think she must well, be
4: 50. Now? She probably was 20 then. Let's just say she was born in 1930. So she'd be 90. Maybe she's still she might around. Be around. We have to go Google that and see if Sally's around. All right. Uh, we will do that. I, I will definitely do that. <laughs> Sally. G-A-S-C-O. If anyone's listening knows Sally Gasco, that was about, actually, she was probably about 17 at 1951. Maybe. Maybe. 16, Maybe. something like that. Yeah. She's making uh, her first it. sandwich with mom.
5: I bet she's still killing it with the sandwiches. I, I had the money on that. Um,
4: I wouldn't be surprised if Sally became the sandwich queen of uh, Peoria or something like that. That's why her name was out there. She <laughs> agreed to, to be on the commercial or the infomercial.
1: The, the vast
5: Gasco family empire started with a toasted sandwich. Oh,
4: I know what it is. I, I, I know who she is. Sally Gasco later on developed Fluff and Nutter. She became the fluffin' queen. So Come on, no, I'm kidding. But uh, it would be nice if she did something like she actually followed up on the sandwich routine.
1: She, right,
5: right, right. She had a signature, <laughs> signature filling or sandwich, right? But I
4: think she was more interested in the boys that she was inviting over after no, the movie. She absolutely, to impress them with this an open face sandwich of tuna. Think about it, open face sandwich of cold tuna, right? So it was tuna- that's what it sounded like yeah. on a
5: toasted. Toasted bread. Right, and that that
4: was something that I was I like the combination, actually. Well, they mixed it with... I, I cut it out. They didn't mix it with tuna, of course. They mixed it with the mayo and, and some other... And milk. I think he said fresh yeah, milk something, something it, it was more greasy or, or sloppy than we usually have. But yeah. um, I, I just find it fascinating that they were teaching them how to make a sandwich at the time. And uh, right. again, these are not idiotic people. There are people on television teaching you how to make a sandwich right now. Turn it on. Was
5: that also? I don't know if you know. Was that also sponsored by the Grocery
4: Association of America, wherever that was? No, that that one was just a public service announcement. Okay. P.S.A. Yeah. Okay. But think about like you know, turn on any of these shows. They're showing you how to make sandwiches of just a lot more complicated. But the what, same-
5: and sorry, what year was that? That was fifty one. Fifty one. Uh, yeah. Okay. And because you know, I'm thinking, public service announcement about how to make sandwiches. There must not have been too much trouble in the world at that point. Yeah. In 1951, I think that, they're, right, World War II was over. Yep. I don't think we were in any war. Maybe Korean War, I maybe. Before, was-
4: right before Korea, if I remember. In 51. I think Korea was 53, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I think you were kind of okay. It was sort
5: of a booming era, and yeah, and people just... The the only critical need for America at that point was how to make a a sandwich.
4: But it looks like David found a little something here about Sally Gasco on our research right here live. What would you find?
5: Yes. Upon further review, these commercials were sponsored by the American Gas Companies of America or the gas companies. Right. So think about it. Sally Gasco Gas Company. Uh, so that's where the name that they, they made this stupid name to drill into your head that this was about gas. So I bet that the sandwich they were making somehow involved an oven that was not electric but gas powered.
4: We have solved the mystery. We don't need Holmes and Watson. We got viviani involved. that's right
5: that's right and it must have been you know electricity was the thing and the gas company was like whoa wait a minute wait don't don't keep running out and buying these new electric stoves how about a gas stove
4: right stove. there you go there you go we'll be back right here when everything all is doing and continue all the fun and adventure i'm back
0: this is everything old is new again america's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. I want a pound of raw liver. <laughs> Just a pound
2: of raw liver. One pound, three ounces. I don't want any three ounces. I only want a pound of raw liver. Okay.
5: Here, Robert. Raw, raw, raw.
4: We're back here, and everything old is new again with uh, Jack Benny, David Cohen uh, on the other side of the uh, the mic. I didn't like you didn't like that one. He gave the extra liver to the dog, sort of the same as the as oh, the hot dog. I, oh, he gave the extra liver to the dog. Right. I didn't get that from <laughs> listening. I thought he wanted liver.
5: I thought he was offering up the dog as the liver in the dog.
4: No, he had extra, just like the hot dog. He had extra, but instead of biting into it and giving it, he gave the he dog had the, the dog because liver. We all know out. liver is is not that. It's very tasty, but not in a good way. I mean, when's the last time you see. had so liver? I said, so gave
5: it to the dog. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when, same joke, just different
4: different spin. Different carnation. <laughs> what, have you had liver lately? No. Have you seen liver on a menu anywhere? Any not restaurant? in a restaurant. Not no.
5: typically. Isn't, well, foie gras, that, foie gras that's,
4: that's liver. It that, might be, but that's... Last I've seen that was got to be seventies or eighties in the restaurant. No, I've seen that. You That's see it still now? a thing. Okay, and yeah. there is liverwurst, which I like. Liverwurst. Wurst? What's liverwurst? Liverwurst. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it gets. I take it with me and I put it in my back po- sandwich in my back pocket, and it gets squished because <laughs> Liverworst.
5: <laughs> I remember liverwurst as a kid. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Believe it or not, I had I, to have I, it with it other a, stuff. A, it was an acquired taste.
4: But did you before. have it as a sandwich on its own or with other stuff? Like, I had it with other stuff. It was like a good accent meat, not unto itself.
5: Sandwich on its own.
4: Wow. Yeah. Wow.
5: Yeah. I didn't mind it. That's why. I, You know, my mother probably just said, try this. And I'm like, yeah, okay.
4: How did you prepare it? Was it just like, I'm, I, this is what I imagine it to be, and I'm confused that you would like it. This is, I imagine it to be white Wonder Bread. This is like 1970s, right? White Wonder Bread mm-hmm. with a, sli- a slice or two of th- kind of thick, maybe an eighth-inch thick liverwurst, and that's it. Maybe mustard, and that's it. Yeah, is that I what know. it was?
5: I, I, if it was me, it was probably a dry sandwich, just just the liver worse than the bread.
4: Wow! And it was white bread, of course, right? We all had that. Yeah, back I'm back. sure. They, I, was there any other bread? Well, we heard that thing the, in the '50s that that open face sandwich was was on rye bread, and I think rye. That's maybe true. maybe they were introducing rye, pumpernickel,
5: and white. I think those were the three.
4: right. Maybe they were introducing rye bread in that last section we heard on the tuna. We're trying to figure out what was the inspiration behind public service. Yeah.
5: Message about making sandwiches, right? Why, what was critical? The critical American need to know.
4: <laughs> to know make an open face sandwich. Next week, how to treat smallpox. But it, first, it, it could have just been the open introducing an open face sandwich. It could have just been that, as simple as that, because that's what what you, this is a sandwich with a but
5: fork. The, but he talked about it as if we we knew we should have known that it was. You know what I mean? It wasn't explaining because there that's was a true. name for it. Uh, he he yeah. came up with a name, and then he said, "Like, in other words, an open face sandwich." Right,
4: right. That's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. It's very true. Did
5: it have anything with girls and boys? And no, like a
4: social thing. No, no. it was social because they were coming back from the movie. That's all. From the movies, say. right? You know. But anyway, all right. So let's take a look now. We're talking about sandwiches. How Hollywood, for a moment, looks and did look at food. A little bit beyond this. This is the 60s now, but I thought this was a kick. This is kind of related, but I'm doing this just for the laughs.
5: I'd like a plain omelet, no potatoes on the plate, a cup of coffee, and a side order of wheat toast.
4: I'm sorry we don't have any side
1: orders of toast, I'll give you a
5: English muffin or a coffee roll. What do you mean you don't make side orders of toast? You make sandwiches, don't you? You've got bread and a toaster of some kind. I don't make the rules. Okay, I'll make it as easy for you as I can. I'd like an omelet, plain, and a chicken salad sandwich on wheat toast. No mayonnaise, no butter, no lettuce, and a cup of coffee.
3: Number two, chicken salad sand. All the butter, the lettuce, the mayonnaise,
2: and a cup of coffee.
3: Anything else?
5: Yeah. Now all you have to do is
2: hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me a check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't
5: broken any rules.
4: There we go. <laughs> now, Have well, you, you have heard by the thing? end? You play it to the end. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin it for anybody. It's a spoiler for uh, for five easy well, pieces. Hold the chicken between you, your legs, you, right? Yeah, yeah.
5: Where do you want me to hold the chicken? <laughs> I want to hold. I want you to hold it between your knees. <laughs> you didn't. Why did you cut that out? Yeah, do so. you think it
4: was offensive? Uh, no, I didn't think it was relevant to the sandwich discussion. No, honestly, I don't know why. But that I was the
5: whole. But that I was the punchline
4: to the whole. I I try to keep these clips as short as possible, and I guess I I made a mistake. That does happen. <laughs> I was just
5: curious. All right, <laughs> it <Yeah>. does
4: happen, <laughs> but usually my mistakes aren't glaring under the spotlight <laughs> of. <laughs> And stay there. Like someone's on stage and they flub a line. They just keep on going. Not on this show, boy. You're doing the play. You're doing the thing. And all of a sudden, everything stops because (laughs) those three seconds of that clip didn't get recorded. Okay. I got you. Now I know. Now I know. Sorry.
5: I didn't mean to derail the entire show.
4: Okay. You've now made us have to continue this discussion for next week and beyond. We're going to continue.
5: Oh, God. I months. added like 15 minutes now to the thing.
4: Yes. Oof. But we are progressing. We're going through this, and I, I think it's a lot of fun to see... Uh, by the way, have you ever had that happen in a, in a restaurant? I've had that in the past, where they say, you we can't make this substitution or that substitution. You have to play a game like that.
5: Well, substitutions, yeah. But usually they'll come up with something. They do now. Like, if I don't want, if I don't want french fries, they'll they'll offer something instead.
4: Right. But, you know, my mother-in-law goes... And cannot or- order, it's like when Harry met Sally, cannot order off of the menu and just leave it there, right? It, you have to always add, you know, c- could you instead of this place replace with that? I see. And could you add, you know, instead of butter, I would like to have mayo and, and all, like, it changes the entire thing. The only thing that's the same right. is like is the chicken, but everything else is different. Like, well, then just order something out. Like, it can be a little bit much, can it? You know? Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm not like that, but... I'll subtract here and there, but I won't then like remake the sandwich. You know, can you have coleslaw instead of cheese? Can I have mayo instead of you know, <laughs> whatever?
5: Yeah, yeah. sausage yeah. instead of chicken. <laughs> right.
4: Wait, what? But people do that anyway. That's um, that's another story for another day. Talking about food and how entertainment or pop culture dealt with it in the fifties. I think this is the. I, let me. It's a. It's a discussion for another day. But when do you think the thought of health food or you know eating food that was didn't have you cause you to gain weight versus uh, develop when did that was it did fast food start us that down that road was it earlier later you know what i mean did did somebody in the 1700s say oh don't have that you know whatever glass of milk and i don't I think of something fatting but whatever it, it, too many cookies that i made because you're going to get fat did, did they have that discussion in the 18 17 1600s or no was it- I,
5: well back then i think it was a matter of what you what you could eat, what you had access to and what you didn't. I mean the rich people had had the fatty stuff and that's why they were fat because they could fat, and, the, and the, the, the poor people didn't have access to the poor people were eating probably like like you know like humans did way back when when they were hunters and gatherers and, and you know had a great diet. Right. So, so at some but point But when food became processed that i think that's what flipped everything when suddenly you know you had the the partially hydrogenated oil and all, all the stuff that made the creation of food cheaper to manufacture that's when people started to get fat
4: i think you might be right i also think it's very interesting that it was not necessarily just always fast food per se because um no, uh, let's no. let's listen to the mooners and the, I mean you know just a, as a snapshot in time the honeymoon not you know. everyone the Honeymooners. Everyone knows the Mooners. But just yes, a, no. Honeymooners.
5: I, I didn't even know what you were talking about when you said the Mooners the first time.
4: I thought it was people mooning people. So another mistake. I make a mistake. One mistake in that spotlight. It goes. It's now red, yellow, and blue. Alternating colors while I'm on stage. Hey, listen, man. I'm colors. just ta-
5: you know, my role is is to the <laughs> voice of the audience. So they're, they're, they're channeling, I'm channeling them. They're channeling me,
4: however that goes. Uh, the Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason, Art Carney. 1953.
3: Here we go. Good. Who needs Better. It? I got a salad. Not a bad one, either.
2: Everything on here is good for you. Got carrots for your eyes. Got beets for your blood. There's lettuce for your teeth. Everything's good.
4: Everything's good for something on this plate. Oh, a little pizza, ain't eh? Good for nothing. <laughs> Will you stop
5: waiting? <laughs> I thought
4: you said it didn't bother you. It doesn't bother me. You want some pizza? Yes. You can't have <laughs> not that I'm selfish, that I don't want to give you any. It's not any good for you, that's all. I didn't
1: ask you for a half a
2: pizza or a quarter of a pizza or even an eighth of a pizza. All I want is a teensy-weensy little piece to find out what it tastes like.
4: There we go. Now, I cut off another punchline, or did that go okay?
2: Yeah,
5: no, that was good. <laughs>
4: that was good. Now, I play that because um, they're wrestling over, you know, I mean, it's not hard to figure out, of course, but pizza versus salad and one's healthy and one's not and all that. But um, I just thought it was interesting or or is interesting time is when did people start to become more attuned to healthy versus not healthy uh, foods, especially when we talk about the kitchen being developed at the home kitchen in the 40s and 50s. And I think you're right. It, it, It has switched now because the cheaper food now is all of that crap. Excuse my language. All that stuff—that's just not really good for you, you know. And the more expensive is the is the more lean and 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 all that. And it was it used to be the was saying the reverse uh, it, back in seventeen, eighteen hundreds. Let's say, right? So yeah, true. Right, when we get back next week, we're going to turn that spotlight off. I'm not going to be the center of attention because I'm not going to make any mistakes. And we are going to explore. We're not diving into anything. We're exploring. We're peeling the onion. But we're going to progress now. We're going to advance a little bit and talk about Hollywood's... uh we'll just say fascination with food and we're going to start to get into more discussion of now the more modern stuff and, and, and what are we seeing from the foundations laid that we've just talked about and what do we see uh, like basically even like just from a hamburger of 1930s to a hamburger now it's completely different and it's so much more uh, I guess you'd say advanced or fun to, to look at we'll do that when we get back next week and everything old it's new again